uctoday.com. Hello and welcome again to our Out Loud Microsoft monthly podcast, Ignite. Microsoft's customer conference is looming on the horizon for November, but that hasn't slowed the news relating to Microsoft Teams. As always, I am joined by expert guest and Microsoft MVP, Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems, so he can talk me through all of the recent news teams. There have been five new features announced as generally available as well as another five that are on the cards for release over the next quarter. Tom and I also discuss Microsoft's plans for a native Teams Linux client and review the rumor about a Microsoft Surface branded Teams speakerphone before we look ahead to Ignite. Hope you enjoy the episode. Good morning Tom, how are you this morning? Hey Patrick, yeah I'm good thanks, are you? Not too bad. Uh, we've officially entered autumn in the UK. It's the, it's the start of October. The weather's deteriorated massively, but the news in terms of teams has has not stopped. In fact, I haven't been able to keep up. Yeah, yeah. So like you say, it's, uh, yesterday I was at Future Decoded in London and it was like an absolute like rainstorm there and back. So I came back drenched, but uh, today the sun is shining again, so that's good. I had exactly the same. I was in London last night. I got absolutely drenched. I've only just dried off now in, t- in time for the, for the podcast recording. So in, t- in terms of news, I think it was, it's been feature rich rather than necessarily separate news pieces. So Yeah, it's, it's normally a little bit quieter this time of year because everybody at Microsoft has July off. So by this time, there's not that many features coming. But also we've got Ignite around the corner and they like to hold some stuff back to talk about. But still... Uh, we've got a bunch of new features of GA, as, as is cloud stuff keeps rolling out, and a four, uh, no, five new features added to the roadmap for this quarter, which are interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, that must bode well for Ignite, because I would have thought all of this stuff, you'd potentially, because Ignite's when, start of November, you'd just push all of this stuff back. So there, there must be loads for that as well. So this is, we're going to be, well, I say we, you're going to be particularly busy telling everyone about all these new features. Yeah, because you're not coming with me this year, which is very selfish of you, I think. But it's very, it's very, very <laughs> sad for me. We're still I mean, going to do a pod, yeah. We're still going to do a pod remote, so you'll be on video and uh, I'll be there, and uh, yeah, we'll do something definitely. Yeah, well, well, we'll come on to Ignite in a bit more detail later on. So let's start first of all with the with the new features that are generally available. And I think you you were telling me before that the theme for October is is five or September is five. Yeah, yeah, I think we've done loads of blog posts with five. So this is five new features. There's a few more mini things, but these are the five big ones, I think, that are worth talking about for September. So these are GA features. First one is Meet Now, which is a feature that's been in Skype for Business forever. And it's one that I don't personally use a lot, but apparently a lot of people don't have a scheduled meeting, want to hit one button to generate a meeting with all the invite details, and then either drag people into that meeting or send people the link. So they haven't pre-planned a meeting, but they're like, I need one, one button, meet now, away I go. Uh, so that button is now in Teams. You can hit it, it generates your dial-in details, your URL, you can drag people in, or you can then email that invite out to people. That, that is actually, um, I am one of those people that does that. And I have to quickly set up a, an unscheduled meeting in Teams as it exists now. So I'll just be able, there'll be a, a new Meet Now feature and I can press and it will just instantly populate a meeting for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just saves the going to Outlook scheduling. You're just like, boom, I'm in, drag you in, we're there. Awesome, sounds good to me. The next one on the list is being able to pin individual participants in a meeting. So what this is really about is when you're having a meeting in Teams, but at the moment you've got a kind of four by uh, two by two squares videos 
um, and it will keep dynamically changing the active speaker around. But if you personally want to see somebody on the screen more consistently, like say you're doing a meeting and you want to see your boss's reaction, you don't actually want to see the active speaker, you want to be looking at your boss because they're the most important person to you. You can pin that person on your personal video view and they will stay in a big video square while you're talking. So an interesting feature, it's not about controlling the layout for the entire meeting, it's actually you personally being able to dynamically choose who you want to see on video. That makes a lot of sense actually. I was slightly wondering when you when you explained it what the sort of enterprise application was in case I just wanted to constantly gaze at you Tom when we were in a, a meeting with other people but it absolutely makes sense. If, or I suppose if you had a, a, a customer on a meeting or as you said a, 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 your boss or someone that you, that you want to focus on completely for the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the other the other remaining squares you don't pin would remain dynamic, so you're still going to see the active speaker. But yeah, it's quite useful sometimes. So you, there's someone you want to see how they're responding. And, and that's why I love video routine. Every meeting I do is video first as much as possible because you, you're forced to engage a lot more, but you can tell from people's reactions if they're getting you or not. Yeah, no, video first, the way forward. So what's uh, GA feature number three? Three is calling in Chrome browser. So for a while, for a long while, actually, you've been able to meeting join in Chrome without any plugins whatsoever. Great for external meetings join. But if you're a regular user and it's your phone system slash you're doing VoIP calling, you can now use Chrome and have the calling button and make proper phone calls and VoIP calls directly from within Teams. Okay, right. So that's a, that's a pretty pretty important thing because, I mean, Chrome is effectively probably the most popular browser. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, like uh, I think if you're a full-time user on Windows, you, um, you're probably installing the full-fat Electron client or on Mac. But some people do like to be just in a Chrome browser, and it opens up the potential down the road to have a full client experience in devices that may or may not run Electron. So you can think about things like Chromebooks. There's, there's no Electron client there, but you could see in the future there being a full-fat browser experience in that kind of device yeah and i suppose chromebooks and, and that sort of device are massive in public and massive in education and that yeah sort of... edu is the big one for chromebooks like they, they they hit a price point and then they just there's very little that they do other than join the internet so from a supportability point of view and a price point point of view you can throw out thousands of them and there's not much it support and they have a limited shelf life from google i think it's two years or three years and they're just done for support as well so they're not a throwaway device, but of the term of a student, they could use it for their entire term, for example, of three years and get value out of it without much maintenance. That makes perfect sense. So in at the charts at number four for available GA features. Yeah, number four is uh, filtering your chats by name or subject, um, something arguably you would have thought would be in there for quite a long while. So in private or direct chats, a chat can have a subject, so it can be called something, or if it's the chat of a meeting, it can be called something. Or if you're looking for a chat with Nick or a chat with Bob, you can just go to the top bar and filter and it will show up all the chats involving Nick or all the chats that are dev catch up, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I suppose it's just a development of that search functionality that we talked about before that's so important in these. If it effectively Teams becomes your hub for all of your work, it's, it's vital to be able to search on as many different parameters as possible. Yeah, and that's it. And what we had up until now is one giant universal search bar. So you search for Nick and it would look for Nick in the, in the subject and Nick in team meetings and Nick in channels and Nick in anywhere, Nick in file names. 
what this is doing is in the chat. I know I had a chat. I know it was a direct chat. I just want to filter my chat. So uh, for me, uh, quite a useful feature. Excellent. And and the final number five in in new GA features. Yeah, this is uh, arguably my favourite. You can turn on or off notifications for a specific channel thread. So up until now, if you made a comment in a thread on a channel, you would forevermore get notifications about that, which usually you want. So you're engaged in that thread and you want them. But if it's more of a uh, like a social thread or you're throwing your opinion in, like it's a happy birthday thread or it's a welcome to the company thread, like that kills me. So we use Yammer a lot internally and everybody who joins the company, there's a big long thread about welcomes and that's great culturally. But usually after I've thrown my two pence in, I don't need to know everybody else saying welcome. So I will unsubscribe from that thread on Yammer. Now we can do exactly the same in Teams. Like I'm throwing my opinion in, but I don't need all notifications. I can hit the three dots and say turn off notifications for this thread and I won't get any more, which is great. Yeah, I suppose it's not, it's one of those, it, it might be a thread that's not urgent for your working day. So you don't need constant notifications every time Sue or Bob add into it. But at the end of the day, when you want to go and review it, you, you can do, you just don't need the constant updates of what's going on. No, and I feel like culturally we're getting much better about notifications. If you look what Android is doing and what iOS is doing about, you know, being able to mute time and uh, control notifications and control engagement. I want my notifications to be, this actually needs attention now. Otherwise, the whole point of Teams is I know where my projects are. I know where my conversations are. I will go in my time unless you really need me right now. So it's good to see that. Yeah, there's been loads of research done on workplace distractions. And I am one of those where I can be really involved, say, in editing our monthly pod, Tom, and a notification comes in elsewhere. And I'm yeah, so ooh, shiny thing. Yes, absolutely. Something new. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And no, a while ago, I changed my iPhone to like zero notifications and it really made a big difference to my workflow because it's so easy to get drawn in. OK, right. So those those features are GA immediately. But we also you were telling me about there's going to be another and we're sticking with the theme of five. There's yep. five new features on the roadmap. Yeah. So all of these are q4 so any time now um, some of them are scheduled as october or even september but as is the way with dates and roadmaps microsoft put a fairly ambitious date in there and usually their date is start of rollout and they roll out across different tenants and different regions so all of these are definitely scheduled to drop in q4 at the moment okay so what's on the list for for the roadmap features yes yeah, so number one pretty important feature in the u.s dynamic emergency calling um, and what that means in English is at the moment Teams has static uh, emergency calling so you give Teams an address so your office address and when you dial 911 in the states they have a like a contact center a very specialist contact center called a PSAP a public safety answering point and a bit like we do have in the UK BT run a system for this they, they're the first point of contact you talk to and then they will decide what you need, you know, ambulance or whatever. In, in the US, they will put you onto the right emergency services in the right state or location. So part of that system is they will get an address flash up on screen, say where you're calling from. Now, obviously, in Teams, you could be calling from anywhere. So what Dynamic, as the name suggests, does is it will look at your address based on where your IP is and be able to tell the operator you're in that place, you're not in that place, or where it thinks you are. Um, and that's coming both for calling plans, which is the Microsoft carrier services, and for direct routing, 
which is the bring your own telephony to Teams. Oh yeah, I was going to ask if that if that if that comes for all for all the different options of how you're going to bring you know calling functionality into Teams. But I, I suppose that is that is really fundamental to that to that sort of you know emergency service. Yeah, lots of states have um, requirements for that type of functionality or some equivalent uh, functionality. So it's quite an important feature. Skype server has done it for for a long while, so having it on Teams will be good. Yeah, and I suppose it's another feature which if it effectively will. You know, in the long run, there won't be that need for a Skype server because they were. We were talking always about so many features that were exclusive to that that Teams didn't yet have, and it's just another bit of you know filling in the Teams jigsaw. Yeah, we're starting to see some of the more advanced niche features being picked off now. Like Microsoft have been saying feature equivalent for the longest time, and that is true for a broad use case. When we're into the niche use cases and you know, we talked previously on the pod about compliance recording and Citrix. All these things are coming where a certain industry really needs those use cases. They're coming to Teams. So when when do you think that will become, the rollout will begin and it will be, you know, more available? Have they given us details on that? Yeah, so so target date for that is October, um, so imminently, but uh, it's it's any time this quarter i would say certainly you'll start seeing more news coming of it and i wouldn't be surprised if we saw for all these features some some ignite details okay okay what's on uh, number two on the on the feature roadmap list number two is enhanced delegation so delegation is typically where you've got a boss and you've got a pa or an administrator and the boss um she's out and she wants the administrator to deal with their calls we, that's already in product, but there's a more advanced coming, so you can manage adding or removing additional delegates, and the delegate will be able to change your settings on the boss's behalf, which is a really important scenario. So once you get to a certain level of, of bosses, usually it's their PA who really runs the day-to-day -day show, and they control it, so they'll be getting administration over the boss's phone number um, and forwarding scenarios, which is good. Yeah, well, I'm yet to get my assistant, so I'll, I'll gloss over that one. What's what's number three on the? Yeah, list? I think I think Rob said it was imminent, didn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, I put the business case to him, but <laughs> yet yet to appear. What's uh, what's number three on the roadmap? Uh, number three is uh, probably the most the thing I'm most excited on the list is native federation. Okay. So uh, at the moment, the GA version, if you're federating in Teams, what you're actually doing under the covers is you're federating over the Skype infrastructure. So if uh, like like we talk together on Teams over Federation, we have a fairly basic chat experience. But when you talk internally on Teams, you've got your Giphys and your file attachments and your Escalate to video and like loads of different features that are Teams native. What is happening now is for direct federation, uh, we'll have Teams only people federating through the Teams infrastructure end to end. What that means to a user, like who cares about infrastructure, it means to the user, that they get all the Teams functionality they're used to, the likes and the giffies and the emojis and all that stuff will be native, which is good. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. Because like you said, we, we're obviously not in the same organization. You first reached out to me across Teams and, and you were absolutely, and you were quite interested in how it works actually in terms of communicating with us on, on the chat. And it's, it's, it's pretty basic effectively between the two organizations. And obviously I'm constantly just trying to send you gifts of things which I can't do, but I will be able to. Yeah, I feel like our relationship has been impacted because we don't, can't send enough gifts. So that will uh, take it to a whole new level, no doubt. We'll just get nothing done and just send gifts back and forth, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually compute in, I don't communicate in, in text anymore. It's purely eye roll emoji gifts. You know, that's how do you I know what's, what's interesting, a little bit off topic, but that is definitely 
getting more mainstream both inside of work and outside of work i'm seeing that kind of reaction pop up on like my family whatsapp group like people that in my family that i never would have thought about you know emojis was a big deal for them now starting to use giphys as reactions and internally of our business again people in our like you know, management and things like that, you wouldn't necessarily naturally think that's the way they would communicate, but really getting into that. So I think it is becoming more mainstream for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, you're right, slightly off topic, but you can definitely, it's much easier to get up, get across something emotive in either obviously an emoji or, or a GIF than it is to, you know, write it in text. And we've been told for years, you know, don't read emotion into emails or, or, or chat, but you can a lot more into, into something visual like that. Yeah, and when you're working, you know, certainly, again, looking at what I know day-to-day, distributed global team, lots of people working on customer site, it, it adds a level of fun and, like yeah. you say, emotion to the comms that could be very bland if it's just text. Yeah, no, it sounds maybe a bit gimmicky, but you're absolutely right. Definitely, definitely growing in importance. What's uh, number four on the on the roadmap list? Uh, in a number four, we've got reverse number lookup uh, for phone numbers. So again, like filling a quite important gap that's been there for a while. So what this means in English is when you get a toast, so the little pop up when somebody's calling you. At the moment, if the contact is in your team's contact list it will display the name so I can see Patrick's calling because I've got you in my list and I have your phone number. But if they were outside of your contact list, like they were another member of the company but not in your direct contacts, or some carriers will push a display name or uh, PBXs will push a display name as part of the metadata when calling in, now Teams will understand that and display it. So if, for example, you've got a uh, Cisco call manager or an Avira or whatever, and that's trunk to your teams, the people calling from that system, if the system pushes a display name, that display name will show on the toast. That makes, makes perfect sense and, and useful for all users. In at number five, finally, on yep. the roadmap. Number five is uh, pinning a specific channel. So if you want to, you particularly care about a channel and you want it at the top of your team's list for easy access, you can pin individual channels so not just pinning teams, but pinning channels as well. Awesome. Right. Well, I mean, I, th- I feel we should have done that a lot more like uh, top of the pops. Yeah, like, I feel like you need to splice yeah. in the in at number five, in at number four scenario there. Maybe next next pod. Yeah, yeah may- maybe ne- next time we have two sets of fives, we'll do a, we'll do a good rundown on it. There are a couple of other pieces of news that we wanted to come on to before we talk about Ignite. And I think the, the big one is teams on uh, the native Linux client. Yeah, this is a huge deal for a certain set of customers. So, and and I think overdue, to be honest, we've got this great web experience. We've just talked about Chrome and Chromium adding cooling. There are a whole bunch of customers that use Linux for various scenarios. They're their niche for sure, but like some creatives use it for like crazy video rendering scenarios. Lots of developers use Linux. So if they're part of an organ- an enterprise, they are a first-party citizen as far as comms goes. You don't want them siloed, but they are using Linux on the desktop. So now we've had confirmation from Microsoft that they are actively working on a Linux Teams client. They updated their user voice. And from a dev point of view, hopefully this is not a huge ask because it will be you know, the web-type client wrapped again. Uh, so hopefully we'll see more details on that soon. But it's uh, you know Slack has a Linux client, so from a competitive point of view and from a usability point of view, it's a, a good gap to fill. And I suppose it's just continuing that sort of inclusivity piece. You know, effectively, Microsoft want Teams to be available to everyone, so it absolutely makes sense to 
you know allow it to be available on as many different platforms as possible definitely and it's, it's another sign of how agnostic microsoft are about how you choose to run your enterprise like we've seen this through the azure stacks they really don't care the azure people don't care if you're using linux or windows like they want you to use azure and the teams thing is the same like teams job is not to push windows yes arguably they'll say it's a better experience but if you're that's your thing we still want you to use teams and have a good experience did, did they give any estimation of when this might be sort of viable is this is this maybe slightly longer term yeah no no details other than it's definitely being worked on so that that's uh in the user voice they have these different categories um, and just like there's, you know, categories of like, we hear you and we're thinking about it. This is a, actively developers are working on it, but no ETA as yet. Okay. And the, the final piece of news, th this caused a relatively big stir. And I saw this, I think, through through your social media and I saw it elsewhere as well. But I think you're, you're, <laughs> you're about to quash it anyway. And this was the, the Surface branded Microsoft Team speaker phone. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Microsoft Watches um, turned this up. Uh, it was a patent application uh, and it was interesting because it was a very uh, speakerphone looking device, uh, much like um, the, the Google uh, Mini Home, so kind of a cloth covered speakerphone, but very much like the devices we've seen from, uh, you know, Jabra and Sennheiser round puck type scenario, Poly. So it was interesting to see that, but also one of the inventors listed on the patent uh, was Malik uh, Shilabi. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He is a manager in Teams devices. So obviously it's interesting to jump to conclusions of like someone in Teams has done a patent for Microsoft and it looks like a Teams device. Um, from a reality hat on point of view, like patents, companies, you know, go and get them all the time for anything they possibly can. Um, I'm, I don't know how Microsoft work it, but certainly every big company seems to have a team of lawyers that are looking to patent things because it's part of IP and part of value. So a patent doesn't mean something's being built, but nevertheless interesting. But yeah, Ilya um, Birkenstein, who uh, runs the Teams Devices Group, um, made some comments on LinkedIn saying, like, don't get too excited, no immediate plans, just the patents. But it's, it's interesting because Microsoft have Surface team, they have now Surface certified headphones. The Surface certified, uh, Surface headphones, sorry, are explicitly are not certified. So they have Surface headphones, but they're not certified. It's an area you could see Microsoft getting into but it kind of uh, steps on the toes of their story about having ecosystem partners and loving their partners and partner first and giving customers choice. So they have to work quite a fine balance of having first party, just like they have in the laptop space. You know, they, Lenovo and HP and, and the other laptop vendors are hugely important to Microsoft, but they also have some first party device options. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, but uh, an interesting comparison is Cisco went directly into the headset space. Um, it's a high margin business, it's a high value business, but that steps on the toes of lots of their partners. So there's a real uh, interesting tightrope to walk between having a first party option and looking after your your partners there. Yeah, and we know how important the Microsoft partner ecosystem is. And I suppose what you're saying about the patent, it makes absolute sense if you have a good idea internally to patent protect it, even if you have absolutely no intention of, of manufacturing the device, if, if you've got some intellectual property, you know, that 
for all we know, complete speculation, they might look to, you know, license that to partners who are making devices, but obviously you have to protect it from a Microsoft perspective. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So a patent doesn't mean definitely a device, but uh, it's still an interesting area. We'll see how the surface line of devices develop to see whether they ever become certified and go to Teams devices or whether it's more about, you know, higher niche consumer designer and less mass market. Okay, well, we've successfully quashed that rumor. But for the meantime, anyway, Tom, let's move on to Ignite, which comes at the start of uh, start of November. Uh, what, what I know you're speaking. What What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I'm really excited. All the pre-briefing calls have started. Uh, we've got a modality stand there, so there's various planning for that. I like lots of parties being planned, networking events, I shouldn't say parties, but like lots of good, good contact. I'm doing two sessions there. I'm doing a real world troubleshooting session, which is going to be more of a techie techie, direct routing, features, logging, all that kind of stuff. And I'm doing a tips for success session, which is more about business transformation, how to think about a team's project, how to manage a project operating model. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to both those, one to kind of get a techie techie hat on, but actually out of the two, I think how you manage a project and real world success tips is really where I think the most value is. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we include, obviously, and anyone can find additional information on on your two talks on the blog if they go to tomtalks.uk and we'll, we'll include the addresses for that. In terms of what we might get from last year, we got absolutely loads of news from Ignite. And unfortunately, I'm not attending physically, but I will be there both in spirit and emotionally. Yeah, we've, we've got an official podcast slot. So uh, we'll be, uh, we've got one of the booths in the community area and uh, we'll be doing something like this. So I'm in the modality office today, laptop propped up, Wi-Fi headset. The, the beauty of Teams is that's all we really need. So we'll be definitely doing a live pod from the event and get that out pretty quickly. In terms of what what's coming, there's obviously, as you expect from this kind of event, pretty much radio silence. I, I would speculate on more vision story about where teams is going so clearly the you know some of the ai stuff we've seen and the, the ml stuff and you know we've seen hints at background uh replacing the background we've seen hints at lots more video from enterprise connect so i think we'll see some more vision statement about where things are going with teams and how microsoft are leveraging that massive cloud compute and azure ability to kind of improve the collab experience no, well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you on site there and getting all the news. Knowing Microsoft, that there'll be a lot from there. So I would encourage everyone to stay tuned both to your blog and to UC Today News for, for all the updates. Tom, I think I think that's it for, for this month. There's There's been absolutely no... Yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago, I was thinking it was going to be a bit quiet, but uh, yeah, all those features have dropped and it's only going to get busier from here on out. We've got, there's a Teams airlift next week, which is a private event. There's Evolve in the UK, which is a, an event that still has tickets open. And you say there's there's Ignite coming up as well. So there's lots of events and there'll be news from all of those. So it's going to only get busier for the next few months on the pod. Excellent. Exactly what I need. Even more work to do. So I very much look forward to that. As always, though, Tom, thanks so much for, for coming on and, and talking me through it all. Yeah, cheers, Patrick. We'll talk again soon. Huge thanks to Tom for coming on as always. If you want any more on the news, check out his blog at tomtalks.uk or our website at UC Today News. We'll catch up with Tom again next month as he attends Microsoft Ignite to get all of the juicy gossip from the scene there. While I have you though, I would like to point you in the direction of UC Trends 2020. 
This is our series examining the upcoming trends for the next 12 months and as part of that we will be publishing a series of executive interviews with some of the leaders in the world's biggest technology providers. One of those interviews is with Lan Yi who is General Manager for Microsoft Teams so please do keep your eye out for that one on the UC Today website. I spoke to Lan about her background, the trends impacting Teams development and their plans for the future of collaboration. For now though, a big thanks for listening.